0: cow folks you know you're in for a treat when you hear that sound because it means it's time for another week of the wreck poker podcast we're nailing our audio cues we're hanging out together it's monday night we're talking about poker um what could be better i've got the best job in the world so i get to hang out with these members of the wrecking crew and illustrious guests from everywhere in the poker world so i gotta just get out there and thank the running aces hotel racetrack and casino and of course website amp and website mark for all that he does to keep uh keep us going over here in wreck poker Land. If you don't know about Rec Poker, A, it's weird that you're tuning in, but thank you for joining us. Um, Rec Poker is a vibrant and encouraging poker learning community. So, whether you're just getting started or you've been playing for years and you just want to share your love of poker, if you want to get better, if you want to win all the chips and have a good time doing it, uh, then come on over to rec.poker and sign up for a free account. All it takes is an email address and a smile. And you can, be, uh, you can be in line to use the forums, watch the free videos, uh, join in the fun with the podcast and Discord, all the other fun, free ways that we have to engage with each other and to get better at poker. Um, but I am just one of the many recreational players that are passionate about the game that we come and, and talk about uh, talk about here on the show. So uh, Wrecking Crew members, why don't you tell the rest of the world where they can reach you and who you are?
1: Uh, Well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5B5 on Twitter or 5x5 on PokerStars on Game.
0: And I'm John Somsky. I am
2: PokerGeekMN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and you can find me as RabMan50 everywhere. Like I said,
0: I've got the best job in the world. I just get to hang out here and talk to people about uh, poker. Um, I want to thank a couple of premium members. First of all, Joseph Rafter, who's a new member who signed up recently. haven't gotten a chance to actually meet with Joseph yet, but we've emailed a little. And Joe, I hope you get a chance to enjoy some of the great uh, training content that we've got here. Uh, And folks like Paul Parker. Paul Parker has been a member for a while. And he's been an active participant in some of our strategy conversations. And Paul's uh, shared some really good insights about how we can make the site better, make the community better. And I just love hearing from members with uh, helpful tips like that. That's how I got involved too. Um, So speaking of helpful tips... Uh, Someone that I've been talking to about helpful tips for what feels like 10 or 15 years by now is uh, the one and only Sky Matsuhashi. It's Smart Poker Study. It's the Poker Forge. He's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He's got the training site. You can find him at a card room near you in California. Uh, Sky, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Jim. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So uh, our listeners certainly know who you are already, but just in case they don't. Um, what is, what, what, how do you think about yourself in the poker world? When, 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 when you're, when your family's friends asked you what you do, how do you describe it? I, as
3: simple as possible, because a lot of people don't, they can't wrap their mind around making a living online. You know, mm. I just tell people I'm an online poker coach. I coach mm. online players, how to play better. Um, and so that's basically what I do, or yeah, that's that's my basic description, but you mentioned a lot of the things. I do it through YouTube videos, the Smart Poker Study podcast, the thepokerforge.com are my main avenues. Oh, and I've written a couple books as well.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to know who Sky Masuhashi is if you're interested in poker, and he's got a lot to share, particularly with recreational players like us. Um, Sky is really good at working with uh, with people who are uh, trying to figure more out about the game. He's and and let's talk a little bit, Sky. About um, I feel like what sets you apart is not only sort of the preparation that you put into it, uh, the quality of your learning materials, but also the emphasis that you have on active study. And can you just just before we re- even really get started, can you just talk a little bit about the virtues of active study?
3: Absolutely. That is the best way to learn. You've all heard the expression in one ear, out the other. If you're listening to a podcast while you're driving, doing the lawn mowing, you might not really retain a lot of it, right? Active study is about the process of you're actively trying to learn whatever it is that you're consuming, reading a book, watching a video, listening to a podcast. So in the moment, while you're consuming it, you are actively taking notes. Maybe you have a poker journal, Evernote on your phone, however you want to take notes because you want to basically take note of anything that seems important to you, seems useful when you play poker the next time. So you could take those notes into the future Look at them before you actually play your poker session. Um, review your session afterwards while looking at your notes. So that's the first step. The second step to active learning is actually deciding. Oh, Sky just said that in his podcast. When I play my session tonight, I am going to practice doing that because action's the greatest teacher. Ultimately, I can tell you everything there is to know about playing profitable poker, but if you don't actually use any of it, you're wasting your time learning.
0: You said it. And I'm just going to, I love talking to Sky. I, I'm just going to roll through a bunch of this stuff, but Chris, Rob, uh, Martha, John, any member in the chat, if you've got any questions, just uh, jump in or type them in there. Um, so Sky, we, as it happens, the last few guests that we've had on the show um, have talked about cash games and they've been primarily cash players. And I know that cash is also sort of uh, close to your heart. Um, why don't we start with that and just talk about um, how do you coach towards a cash game player versus towards an MTT player? What are the kind of different uh, priorities or, or strategies that people might be employing in that way?
3: Yeah, so cash game play, well, for my own personal coaching, I don't coach professional players, so I don't coach professional cash game or professional tournament players. They're all recreational players. Either they just want to get better at a game that they love or they want to start making a decent side income, 100, 500 bucks a month, that kind of a thing. So it's geared towards recreational players. And two big, I guess, aspects to my coaching is I'll take a look at your database of hands. And that's one of the reasons why I like coaching online is because mm. you use Poker Tracker 4, you use Hold a Manager. We can save all your hands. We can look at your stats. We could see your win rates. We can see all the spots where you're losing and making money. So that's the first part. I look at where you're making and losing money. The second part is targeting those areas. Okay, you're making money here. Let's do this and this and this more. You're losing money here. Let's work on better strategies or just stop doing that thing that's costing you money. And that works for both cash game players and MTT tournament sit and go players as well. Because a lot of us have a lot of tendencies that maybe we don't even realize we have these tendencies. We always bluff the flop, but we never bluff the turn. Well, that kind of stuff, those tendencies show up when I'm looking at your database, looking at your statistics and your win rates. So I can spot those trends because I've been doing this for years, coaching students. Um, I can spot the trends and then give you strategies uh, to use, to practice, to see, let's see how your results change over time as you use these strategies. And and that's, that's basically how my coaching is. And it's the same for cash and tournament players, basically the same now for tournament players. I don't play a ton of tournaments, so I can't give you a ton of like final table, big chat, big stack, short stack, bubble strategy stuff. I can give you some because I'm a decent tournament player, but cash games is where I excel.
0: Right on, and and uh, when it comes to cash games, then as a player, um, what are what is it about? Cause I know and correct me if I'm wrong. You also like enjoy playing cash uh, a lot these days. I don't think that's what you're doing more. Um, What is it about the cash game that you enjoy? Is it, is it the quality of playing? Is it the flexibility? Is it the strategy? Uh, What draws you to it?
3: It's, two things the flexibility for sure just being able to sit down and open up one to four tables even six tables if I want and just play play as much poker as I want I can play for a 10-minute session if if I suddenly get a phone call got to do something I can leave it's not like I have to dedicate four six eight hours to a tournament on whether that's live or online you know tournaments for a long time and I used to be a tournament player before I had kids as Mm. soon as the kids came around I just I cannot even dedicate two hours in one stretch to poker you Know so that's why cash games I had to make the change to cash games, and so that's the first reason. Just I love the flexibility right there. The second is you can pick and choose your tables so that you can sit at the most potentially profitable tables with the most weakest players on it. Because in a tournament, you can't choose your tables, you can choose the buy in at a dollar fifty buy in, you're going to get a lot weaker players than a fifty dollar than a hundred dollar buy in, so you can kind of yourself in situations where you face more fish but with cash games you could put yourself at the best table where you're probably the first or second best at the table and really try to pick your spots and pick on those other players um and so those are the two reasons I, i prefer cash games
0: right on and is there anything as a player uh is there anything that you kind of like miss about the the mtt uh part of your life or or uh yeah is there anything about it that you miss
3: yeah, keeping score, basically, like the competition right. aspect, you know, uh, in tournaments, I mean, you're striving for first, but if you make the final 10% of players, you make the money, that's like a scoreboard thing, I made the money, and that's nice, and then you make the final table, ninth, eighth, seventh place, you work your way up, and and I, it's just the competition aspects, so it's more fun uh in tournaments than cash games in cash mm. games it doesn't feel like a competition it's just i'm targeting you you're the work weakest player at the table i'm trying to take your chips there's no scoreboard you know
0: yeah it's more like golf i guess you're playing against yourself kind of you're like you know when you're up or down and uh what the good plays are the bad plays are but there is something great about that uh laddering up in a tournament and you know making those um uh, making those ICM plays and uh, and I, and I understand it's also it's just it's a more exciting game. I'm I'm like you. I, I kind of enjoyed the um, the competitive roller coaster aspect of MTTs, um, but I think cash is just a better fit for for my life and and my uh, my own way of playing. So, and I just don't have I don't have the guts some of you guys have. Just do that MTT lifestyle, man. I don't know how you do it, uh, John. Did you have something?
4: Well, I was just going to say there is one. There are some fundamental differences between cash and tournament play. I mean, we host an online home game that's for played money chips and that still brings out the competitive juices mm. of people. If you do a cash game other than, you know, playing for 20 minutes to learn it, you it's really difficult for people to play well at cash unless cash is actually on the line.
0: That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's Um, one of the
3: reasons why I tell anybody who asks me, like they want to get into poker, online poker, they say, should I play free games like on PokerStars, you know, free games or whatever? And I say, no, don't bother. If you're worried about losing money, get on a site and just deposit 50 bucks and play 2NL or 5NL. But you have to have, that's a good point, John, you have to have some money on the line to get you to play serious but also in hopes that your opponents kind of play serious because Mm. it is so frustrating when it's free chips and somebody five bet shoves on you pre flop with seven deuce for the fun of it. And then, you know, you're trying to take it seriously. You got your pocket tens, you know, you're thinking you're in a good spot right here against this guy. And he cracks you with two pair. Now you were way ahead with your tens versus seven deuce, but it's disheartening when they're making so such idiotic plays that they wouldn't normally make. And then catch you like that. Whereas if you're playing a two dollar or five dollar buy-in, at least there's a little bit more thought on their end, and they might not be doing that so much.
0: Yeah, and it reinforces bad lessons too, right? Because then mm-hmm. you you start adjusting your play for these you know wild out of control players that are just playing for play money, and uh, that's not going to set you up very well for success <laughs> playing against uh, playing against other folks like that. Um, and, uh, so sky is talking about, we had uh, Evan Jarvis on the show last week and he was talking about different levels of play, uh, online. So when sky says playing two NL five NL, um, sky, we're, we're talking about the buy-in for the table. So if we're playing one penny, two penny, and people would buy in for a hundred big blinds, you would buy in for $2 at one cent, two cents. Is Is that right?
3: Yeah. And we call that just two NL, like two cent, no limit. That's the size of the big blind. So five NL. $0.05 cent no limit, it'd be a $5 buying for 100 big blinds and so on up from there.
0: Yeah, there you go. So a little jargon for folks that might not know. Um, so when it comes to, there's so many different ways to study poker. It's one of the great things about it. You know, um, There's so many different things to study. There's different ways to study Um one of the things that we've been talking about, so I'll, Chris Jones is running our membership content here at Rec Poker for our premium members. And I'm excited to announce that when this podcast comes out at uh, the end of March, we'll just be starting our new monthly theme uh, of learning for premium members. So uh, in April, the theme is final tables and ICM considerations. And everything that we do in April is going to be themed on. Well, not everything. A lot of what we do is going to have to do with final tables and ICM. So there's different ways to sort of get at it. I've found personally that this is a very difficult subject to study, um, or at least to study uh, effectively, uh, because it's hard to reproduce um, that. Chris, what's what? Uh, talk talk a little bit about uh, choosing well, this theme.
1: And I just to expand on that question too. I mean, I think it's it's in tournaments, it's the probably the most important time, right? It's the time where all the money is made. But, Sky, just to, to go back to your first question, you talked about active study. Like, if you talk about, hey, well, let's practice three betting out of position, right? You can go to a cash game and you can practice that. But if you say, hey, let's practice these high leverage final table ICM moments, that's harder to do. Right. That's hard. And, and, but it's not like saying, hey, let's practice when we have quads. Right. Like it's it's something that's going to matter when it comes up, but it's hard to practice. So w- what are some of your thoughts about active study for these sort of like not like things that don't matter? It's like, you know, but like things that do matter, but that are hard to they're they're not as like you can't just put yourself in those situations all the time and practice them.
3: Yeah. So the first thing, especially when it comes to ICM and final tables, you have to be ready for the moment that you do get there. I mean, if you play an MTT just at a minimum, if there's a hundred players, only the top 10, if it's a 10 person final table, but the top nine make it there. That means you have to get through 91% of the field to make it to the final table and practice your strategies. So the first thing you want to do is be ready for it. And when we talk about ICM, independent chip model. A lot of that is push-fold poker. When you get down to seven big blinds, what range should you push with? 15 big blinds, what range should you three-bet shove with or open shove with? That's a lot of it right there. So prepare for those spots by having a push-fold chart in front of you. Now, if you just look up push-fold chart online, you're going to come up with tons of different sites. You can download some. The one that I've used most recently is from floattheturn.com. And you can put it as an app on your phone as well. And I'm not going to explain how to use it exactly. Once you get it, you can practice it. There's YouTube videos explaining how to use it. But basically, it'll tell you at 12 big blinds in the cutoff, this is the range you should shove. So when you're playing online and you're actually in a final table, bam, it's time to whip out your push-fold chart and actively practice it. So prepare for when you're there. The second thing is try to simulate final table situations as much as possible and the way i would recommend to do that is to play six max or full Mm. ring sit and goes if you become adept at those uh uh, formats of poker you can make it into the money six max the the top two are in the money full ring the top three are in the money is that right that's usually yeah yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have a pretty good chance of getting it into the money. And even before you get to the money, it's possible in a full ring at five players left. Everybody might have fifteen to twenty big blinds. Bam! There's your opportunity. Money's not on the line. You're not in the money yet, but there's your opportunity to start practicing your push fold poker. You know, and so that's how you can simulate that final table. And uh, for any sit and go player, MTT player, if you have four hours when you sit down for MTTs, you can fit in 20 sit-and-goes during that time Mm. potentially, which is potentially 20 final tables, 20 chances for you to practice your ICM push fold game right there. So that's how I would do it. Simulate the third way to study is every time you um, in your poker tracker for, or hold a manager database. So assuming that you're playing online cash games or live games, you can kind of do this as well, but, Go into your database. Look at those spots where you were just dealt 15 big blinds. Go hand for hand right Mm. there. You're in the cutoff with 15 big blinds. Whip out your push fold chart. Oh, I could shove with king 10 suited. I only have king nine. That's a good fold that I made right there. The next hand, you're in the MP instead of the cutoff. Oh, it says I should shove with ace five suited. I had ace five suited. I folded. I should have shoved, you know. So go back and review the database and see where you missed your shoving or calling or folding, whatever kind of spots as well. So my three recommendations right there. Oh, and for for live players, yeah, it is so tough to practice the final table stuff. But what you need to do is whip out Evernote on your phone, have a pad of, of uh, a notebook and a pen, if you need whatever, anytime you get into a push fold kind of situation, if you fold, great fold, but take a note of it. I was in the cutoff 15,000 chips, big blind was 4,000 chips like, you know, and research that stuff afterwards off the felt and see what you could have and should have done.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that, that kind of, that mix of preparation and simulation Uh, those are, those are the best ways we can kind of get at it from both sides. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does feel like there's kind of a, a sense of rote memorization to it when it comes to some of these charts, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, like what we're talking about is fundamental rules of math when it comes to poker. And trust me, there's plenty of room for people to get artistic and creative with how they work with all sorts of aspects of poker strategy. But, you know, the push fold stuff when it comes to uh, these ICM calculations, it's kind of been solved. Um, yeah. So, and, and, oh, so let me ask you that um, what would be some sort of circumstances where you might, just choose to deviate from that, uh, that kind of situation in, in real time, um, either live or, or, or online.
3: Well, when it comes to push fold, that means you're committing all your chips as the, the shover, the razor or the collar. So if you're committing your chips outside of a recommended range, it's because you believe the opponents still tact are more likely to fold than anything right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a, a bubble situation. The top five players get paid. There's only six players left. If you think, if you're in the button and you, you're you pretty sure those two mid-stack blinds don't want to to battle, like they want to make the money, you can shove with a very wide range, maybe 100% of your range, knowing that they're folding so often. So that would be the first step to going outside, deviating from the ranges. When it comes to calling an all in shove, the same kind of thing applies. If you know your opponent is a crazy maniac or he just uh is just willing to commit with subpar hands, you've seen him shove in the same kind of spot with Jack seven suited, and you hold Queen 10 and you're not sure. Well, if you know he's capable of shoving really wide, then it might be okay, especially if he's the one going all in and you still have plenty of chips behind. Maybe Mm. you can deviate from some calling strategies because you're exploiting your actual opponent. You know him, you know what he's capable of shoving with. So now I can play with my calls.
0: Yeah. I I love that. We talk all the time about how you kind of have to tailor your strategy to the people that are actually at the table with you. Um, But in ICM situations, that's, kind of tricky because if they, if they're not very savvy, but ICM that can actually work against you as, as well, as much as if they are like, uh, we get into this spot all the time where we think, oh, we're going to make a shove here. They can't possibly call without a premium hand. And then they do end up calling <laughs> because they don't understand that the math says they should fold there and boom, that's when you get taken out of the tournament. So, um, I was glad to hear that sky. Cause it really does come down to just sort of like, how well do you know your opponents? Right. And if you don't know your point, if you don't have something, if you don't have some good information about your opponents telling you to deviate, then you should probably just stick to the stick to what got you here. You know, um, so I like that. I like that. idea yeah. a Yeah.
3: And if, if ever you're unsure and your tournament life is on the line, it's OK to just fold. It's OK yeah. to leave that hand right there and just move on to the next hand, especially like imagine if you're in the big blind or the small blind. If you fold, if you're in the big blind, you fold the next two hands, you're going to be on the button in the best position, the best chance to now shove instead of facing shoves from other players. If you're in the small blind, it's just a half big blind out there. You got the ante as well. And sometimes it sucks if you only have eight big blinds and you're giving up you know, 0. 0.75 right now. But if, if you're not sure about what the best play is, you don't really know the opponent, you're not sure if this hand is worth calling, just fold and commit those chips later on as the aggressive and not the calling player.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's definitely you'd rather be the one getting those chips in first. That's that's usually true in poker. Yeah, no matter no matter the circumstance. All right. Well, that's that's enough for ICM and final tables. We've got the whole month of April to get into that. Um, Sky is actually going to be coming back in May uh, to join us in the focus where we can talk about uh, pre-flop range construction and bedding sizes. We're going to use Flopzilla. We're going to get our elbows deep in some great programs and some training stuff there. Um, what what else have you been working on, Sky? And what uh, what have you been spending your time on? What are you looking forward to coming up?
3: Well, still doing the podcast weekly, YouTube videos weekly. I actually started putting my podcast videos in YouTube form. So you can check it out there. Smart Poker Study on YouTube, the podcast Mm -hmm. as well on any podcast uh, platform. And But I just spent so much time, and I love this new uh, workbook that I created. I call it the Online Poker Hand Reading Workbook. Hmm. I have first envisioned it would be 45 pages with lots of exercises and an answer key. And it ended up being 87 pages (laughs) with lots of exercises and answer key (laughs) six bonus video quizzes, uh, two bonus video. I mean, I just, I, I, I made this, it took me so long, but I put my heart and soul into it. I absolutely love it. And it's going to be going on sale, uh, next week sometime. Like I need to create the sales pages and all the verbiage and all the sales stuff, you know, like creating your product, your book or whatever it is. Mm. That's the first step of, of, you know, releasing new things to the public now comes the marketing which i'm a i've st- i still feel even though i've been doing this forever i feel like a marketing noob and every new thing i need to try to put out there into the world it feels like i'm re i don't know, reinventing the wheel each time when it comes to sales pages and emails and all that stuff so it's going to take me another week or so to get that done.
0: Yeah, well, and that's something because here we're all recreational players. You know, this the, all of rec poker is just a labor of love, and and the way that we do it is we've got a whole team of people over here all contributing time and, and money every month. Like we just pour a lot of ourselves into this to make it happen. You're mostly just just sky matsuwashi over there. Um, how how do you do it, man? Like I don't understand. Like you 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 talk about you know your your marketing journey, uh, but I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you're just doing such a great job with that kind of stuff. Um, how do you? No, seriously, how do you do it? Like, do, is, do you have a time machine? Do you not sleep? You've got a, you've got a family life as well, and everything. And like, this, you're a small business owner. How, how do you do it? I try to utilize the
3: hours I have to myself as much as possible. So I wake up early in the morning, I'm always up by five, I do my stretching, get my coffee, and then I get to work. And I always love to have like, my goal is every day to have one new item created, whether it's a draft of an email or a new sales page, or a new video, a training video, or the podcast, I love to have that created before seven o'clock before the rest of the family wakes up. Mm. And so that's my goal. That's that's how I, I think that's how I'm able to really get everything done. And then as soon as they go to school, my wife goes to work. Now I have more time To do more things, you know, and and I know for myself from doing this for years, I can't get creative post eleven a.m. Like my creative, let's make something new, let's 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 uh, type out five hundred words for the sales thing, Uh, do the next chapter in a book. That all has to be done by eleven. For whatever reason, after eleven, my brains, my creative side is gone. So. What I'll do, like I'll record the podcast audio or record the video, but then I'll save the editing till after 11 o'clock because now my brain doesn't have to work. I just I just have to cut and splice things together, you know, Um, so that's I, I have a process that I understand and I know works for me and I try to do it every single day.
0: That's really smart. I'm getting I'm getting savvy when it comes to sort of time blocking and following your natural rhythm and energy and that sort of thing, because no one no, you can't be productive 24 hours a day. And, and we all have these human cycles of energy um, and effort and focus and that sort of thing. So plan to your strengths. OK, all, all right. I'm going to try and do that a little more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try, try and do that a little yep. more. Yeah. That and, and that early morning, that does make a big difference, too. Um, it that's, does. Yeah. If, if people are looking for a way to find time to for, for something that they enjoy, because there's a, we all have these things in our life. They're not urgent, but they're important, and we need to make time for them if we want to have a healthy a healthy life. And the only time the only success I've had is just getting up early and just doing it then. Uh, so yeah, my, my hats off to you there. So then, what what do you do to unwind or to blow some uh, steam off or to you know just not be the superhuman productive machine all the time what what's fun for sky Matsuhashi these days
3: uh fun is playing fortnite with my son i do that a lot um i'll watch movies i'm a big movie fan i read books always reading you and i have talked about that before um and so i just i just do just do stuff like that i love podcasts specifically mm. like comedy or like fun podcasts i don't listen to um i don't know self help podcasts and stuff because i don't know it's just so tough I'm constantly working and, and trying to do things for my business here. But when I listen to a self help podcast, there's so many good ideas coming at me. I feel like I need to do it all. But <laughs> I'm trying to do all this stuff for my business and then the self help potentially. And then I learn things in a business podcast. I should be doing that for my business, but I'm working on my workbook right now. How do I fit that in? So I try to, I don't try to consume anything whether it's written video or whatever, that's going to teach me something new, unless it's specifically what I'm doing right now. You know, that's it. And then so all of my consumption is just fun entertainment type stuff. And then me and my boys go to the movies. We hang out, we play ping pong together. Um, Yeah. And we exercise together as well. So plenty of stuff that, that I, that takes me away from the creative elements of poker.
0: That's great. I'm glad to get that quality time with the kids too. And, uh, you know, part, part, part of a well-rounded life. So good for you. I'm not, I'm not surprised on that front. Um, we've got a question here from, uh, yes, Chris saying, <laughs> advising poker players to get up earlier feels like a bit of an uphill battle. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. <laughs> but that's it. That's what we got to do. We got to make time for the things that that are important to us, right? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Um, Well, there's also other times and, and, you know, I teach, I try to teach my students this and I put this out on the podcast and stuff. You got lunch breaks, you know, a lot of people work a nine to five. They have that hour for lunch. Don't sit with your, I mean, it's cool to sit with your friends and, and shoot the crap, you know, and have fun and everything, but you could bring your lunch to work, eat in 10 minutes. Now you got 50 minutes to study poker or play the guitar, whatever your hobby might be, go for a walk and get healthy during your lunch break. You know, you've got those times you got late at night too. Once the kids go to bed and maybe your wife's watching Netflix and she wants to watch her show and you can do your own thing right there. So you can, whatever works for you. I'm just, I've always been a morning person. It probably stems from for four years from uh, four, uh, from 12 to 16 years old, I was a paper boy. And ah. for all the you younger people listening right now, you don't know what paper boys are, but we used to have them. And I'd be up by you know 4 a.m. on Sundays, but like 5 a.m. every single day at 12 years old, folding papers, loading up my bike, and then taking and delivering them. So I think that trained me to be a morning person, and it just it's <laughs> it stuck ever since.
0: That's so funny because I was definitely not a morning person until I was going to school in Halifax, and my first early morning job was opening a convenience store on campus. And one of the first things you do there is you go through the newspapers that got delivered very early and you get them all set up and everything. Um, And then I did that for a few years and I could just never sleep in again after that for whatever reason. It just broke me. Uh, And so that's, that's how I've, uh, that's how I've done it getting up early, but I love that paper boy. I can see you with the, with the, with like the satchel and uh, just like, you know, on the bike, flinging them in, like out of the movies. I love that. I love that. I (laughs) was. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you had a chance to play live much I know you mostly enjoy playing online but I know you've played in like that turkey tournament uh, that your friend puts on every year and uh, you're in California I know there's some card rooms around there how often do you get a chance out there to tickle the felt
3: um, I could go every day if I wanted to but I don't and I haven't um, I only play at home games with family or friends and that the turkey shoot tournament like every year the day after Thanksgiving play in that but really I don't play I don't play live. I just love the convenience of being on my computer and just playing online. So that's basically all I do. Although this coming World Series of poker, I'll be going out to Vegas for at least a week, five to seven days. I'm not sure when though, probably nice. during the
0: Colossus. Right on. Yeah, it's exciting to have it right around the corner. I know we've got a couple of forum posts over at Rec Poker for people putting dates together and trying to uh, trying to find the right time to go down there and have a meetup um i think i'll be down there for the tag team event if nothing else so um i don't know probably not at the same time as the colossus but maybe we'll find a way to cross paths mm-hmm. um i'll give uh, the folks here another chance to uh, type any questions in or ask any questions but i know we're coming up to the end of our time together sky uh a couple other questions that i've got so you you're very plugged into the poker community um you're very active uh you know as as a, as, a, as a member who's been in the poker scene for a while, you've seen it evolve. You've seen uh, the game evolve. You've seen sort of the, the culture evolve a little bit. With with all that in mind, I mean, you can take this anywhere you want. What's one thing that you wish the poker community was doing differently or better? If you could wave your magic wand over the poker world and say, I just wish this was a little bit different. what What would it be?
3: Well, the magic wand, and I don't know that it's a, it's, there's only one thing that comes to mind is that online poker should be 100% legal everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, if every state just if just about every state has like legal lottery tickets and, and super lotto and stuff, why can't we just choose to play poker? You know, either I I could go spend a thousand bucks at a grocery store right now on lottery tickets. Why can't I just do the same for poker? You know, it just it makes no sense. Now, I don't know that that's a poker community thing. It's just more like legislators. Magic wand. That's what I would do. But other than that, (laughs) I I don't I I don't really I never think in those terms. I'm I'm presented with something and I'll do my best with what I have right now. And Mm.
0: that's basically
3: how I approach poker.
0: Right on. I love that. Um so if folks want to get in touch with you we've we've said there's a bunch of different ways to to do it um is there is there a favorite of yours is there a way that you just really enjoy engaging with people that we should tell them to to go to meet you through
3: um no not a favorite way i mean i respond to any youtube video comments i get um, you can find me at smartpokerstudy.com, thepokerforge.com. That's where I that's where I do most of my interact in, or interacting. It's with Poker Forge members. So, mm. you know, at Um, And then we, you know, I interact via Discord there mostly, but we also have our monthly member-only tournaments and uh, monthly group coaching Q&As. So those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Um, or Twitter, Smart Poker Study as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and and I do encourage folks to uh to reach out because you know again back in the day uh when I was getting started in poker tracker you know sky was extremely generous with his time we emailed and dm'd uh, quite a bit and really helped me a lot uh come to understand poker tracker and how to study poker and uh, so I really do appreciate that. And I know you've got you've got a, a a gift to share with other poker players. So I hope that they do come and uh, and check you out and just tell them Jim sent you. Let Sky know that. Uh, yes, please do. Jim <laughs> and <laughs> Red <laughs> poker. Yep. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with, Sky?
3: No, I'm good. Thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate being here.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna roll into the uh, community events, talk about some home games, and I just look forward to our next conversation already. Have a good little while. Maybe we'll see you in June.
3: Yep. See you then. Take care, guys.
0: All right. Take care, Sky. So, Sky Matsuhashi. I just love that guy. He's got a great attitude about poker. He's uh, he loves working with uh, recreational players, and uh, he's just got a really good attitude about um, about learning. So it's always fun. And and I do like you know here around rec poker, we talk about me as though I know something about poker tracker four, but Sky's the guy to talk to if you really want to get fancy about poker tracker four. He's the man. So uh, let me see, John, why don't we start talking about uh, home game results over in Memberland?
4: All right. Well, we'll start with the most important tournament to report on, and that is the Daily Series Tournament of Champions on March 14th. Rick the Good Dog, Rick Rock Omen, won the TOC, Tournament of Champions, for February. He's Not on a Obviously, roll. played in March, but it was for everyone who won a daily series event in February,
0: yeah. Speaking about famous uh, local poker players, this guy, all he does is just uh, kill it over at Canterbury. I mean,
1: he's just on every winning list. You know, every time I'm opening my Twitter, it's like, hey, congratulations to...
2: Rick Rachelman, I won another one, you know. Yeah. Is that uh, Canterbury and running aces? Yeah, like wherever,
1: wherever I, they're doing them it. Both. Sometimes the same day. It's just like I don't know how
0: he does it. <laughs> so keep it up, Rick. You're doing great, man.
4: And uh for our nightly events, lefty nineteen, Mike Putticello ah, Mike. Nice. got his first nightly victory for the year. Fergie 56, Kim Kilroy, got her third.
0: No surprise Poker there. Poker Geek
4: MN, John Somsky, wow. got his third. Oh,
0: all right. GF Hawk,
4: Eric Romo, got his third for the year. Swedish Fishy, Lar- 77, Lars, got his first nightly victory for nice. the year. And McVean, Chad McVean, got no. his first nightly
0: victory for the year. How about that? The guy's everywhere. And- it's amazing he even has time to play this
4: is true <laughs> well you know he probably does it between tweets so you know it's like tweet, bold tweet raise <laughs> uh then we have seville 300zxtt jeff martin i won the daily I, mix victory
1: we didn't, yeah we need people like this get your names into poker stars and make <laughs> it as hard to pronounce as possible that is any new player is joining our game. Need to make them entirely as impossible to pronounce as possible. That is that's a, funny. That is yeah,
0: ridiculous. we got to keep tripping John up on these. That is a tough one. And the well, funny—I thing- thought is, that was Chris's offer to start reading all. Of <laughs> Never going to happen. It not? Although so he I, he I, did I he sucked for you last week. It was <laughs> yeah that's right. I thought you did a great job, Chris. So this is funny. Actually, it is a really obscure username. But it reminded. I think I recognized that player from Twitter, so I looked them up. And yeah, Seville300ZXT, uh, Jeff Martin, that's also his Twitter handle. And Jeff is a, a fun follow on Twitter. So Jeff, if you're listening, uh, right on, man. Congratulations on your mixed game win, and uh, welcome to the community. I have a
4: feeling, and that sounds like it's a uh, the maker model of some type of a car,
0: right? I mean, Probably. You know, yeah, but I, S- I don't know seville,
4: exactly what.
0: The seville yeah. 300 ZX. Yeah. Maybe. All right. We're going to have to get, we're going to have to ask you. I'm going to tweet him. I'm going to tweet him right now while we're going through. Oh,
4: Cadillac
2: had a right. Seville. Yeah. There was a Cadillac Seville at one time. I don't know mm-hmm. if they had that particular model, but. Mm hmm. hmm. And then Road Star 33,
4: Randy Smith, won his first international victory for the year. Randy. And B Chip, Charles Allen, hey. got his <laughs> nice. first international victory for the year. Nice. And then. Last but not least, JD Cat32, Jeff Catalano got won the Learn Pro Poker event. So you can email Jim at rec.poker to get your free month at Learn Pro Poker.
0: There you go, and uh, yeah, Jeff, you're going to enjoy that. I think they've got a ton of great material over there at Learn Pro Poker, and they're great friends of us uh, here at Rec Poker. So every Sunday night, if you win the tournament, the home game tournament that's free to enter, uh, you get a whole free month at Learn Pro Poker. So yeah, send that email along, and we'll look forward to uh, sending you that code. I'm excited. We got a bunch of great, great players in the in the um, summer in the rundown this week. John, do you arrange this? in advance so that there's all these fun folks that we get to shout out or is this actually just according to their merit
4: yeah this is actually just according to their merit it's amazing how many good players we have i actually one fun fact i just happened to look this up both uh doug drabeck megro 44 and um oh 20 guy
0: Kiki, I, Jacob Kiki. Jacob Kiki,
4: yes. When you got Jacob Kiki, yeah. uh, Kiki 65. Are both tied for the most number of lifetime wins. Wow. I think the number is 36. <laughs> um,
0: so impressive,
4: which obviously it had to be higher than 20 given that right. Jacob got 20 just last year. Right. Right. So that's an amazing number.
0: It really is. And and these are not, you know, these aren't like uh these aren't really small field tournaments. There's 50, 60, 70, 80 players in a lot of these tournaments. Um, sometimes the Saturday International Series, if people show up a little early on Saturday, they can get in there with 20 players or something like that. But it's really quite an accomplishment for uh, these players to win that many of these poker tournaments because we are trying. We're, we're, we are we're want those pins. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I,
4: I honestly do believe it is one of the toughest play money games you're going to find. Yeah, that's because people here are really taking it seriously. We're trying to get better.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's it's right there. Those those pins, they're pretty they're pretty fancy. They're pretty sweet. Asterisk, asterisk. (laughs) Two of them are asterisks. (laughs) And uh, we can't break any news here yet because nothing's confirmed. But. Uh, there might be some new exciting prizes in some of the home games, maybe just the tournament of champions. That's all I'm going to say at this point, but we've got a wonderful, we've got a a lot of great partners that we love working with. And some of them might be putting some prizes in. I don't know. Just saying play money tournament, big results. It's, uh, it's that easy. It's that easy. Come in, come in profit. Step, step one, play the frame money tournament. (laughs) Step two, win a freaking prize. Step three, profit. I can't wait. All right. Well, that's the, uh, that's the home games. And then kind of also in home game land, we are just coming up on the end of Marek Madness. Uh, when this podcast comes out, people will just have had time to tune in on Thursday night for the last Thursday in March. It's the finale. It's the best two out of three match uh, for our heads up ladder bracket. And I don't know who's in it yet because we're still playing the matches as we go week by week. Um, but it's been fun. I did a little commentary in the booth with Taylor last week. I know Chris and uh, Tim had some fun in the booth as well. Taylor and uh, Kim have been doing some. I'm not sure exactly who else they have lined up. But Marek Madness, folks, if you want to go to slash uh you can go check out some details on that and watch some previous episodes as well. Uh, John, anything else in... Um, in home game land, I guess the next sort of special tournament is the June heads up bracket. That's ways off. We don't have to get into that just yet. Well, uh, yeah,
4: but it is uh good to think of as you are enjoying all of this Marek madness. Uh last year the winners of these heads up events, which we have three of them, the uh in June
0: September and September December.
4: September and December, uh the third Saturday of the month. And if you win one of those, then you will be playing in Marek Madness next year.
0: It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And not just for the trash talk videos either. (laughs) I guess the only other thing that's interesting about the home games, so folks might not know this, but John runs several home games for us here every week. There's the nightly one at 8 p.m. every evening, which is usually Texas Hold'em. Um, And then on Saturdays, we've got an international series at different times of day, but we also have the practice mixed game because we have a a monthly mixed game tournament uh, that continues throughout the year. There's a player of the year race. And to help our players get better at these new games, every Saturday night, John hosts a practice uh, mixed game that is the same format that the next month's tournament is going to be. Um, we're trying to do more mixed games work here at Rec Poker in 2022. So we're actually we also we're bringing in a ringer, uh, Jake Hirschfield. You may have uh, remembered him from a previous episode a few weeks ago. Uh, he's going to be joining us every month to use his platform Unshuffled to do a little demonstration of how the different mixed games are played, uh, good strategies to use, strategies to avoid, and just a little more um, help when it comes to learning the mixed game. So we're starting it off easy. The game in April is uh, Limit Hold'em, so it's going to be more about different betting sizes and uh, betting patterns than anything else. But you can join us for the first one of these unshuffled mixed game demos on March 30th. It's a Wednesday. It's open to – it's free – it's not just for premium members. If you're a community member, you can come and hang out with Jake and I and the rest of the panel here. And we'll talk about Limit Hold'em and how we're going to take everyone's chips in uh, in April when we're going in there and, and playing in the in the nightly series. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one a lot.
4: Yeah, so far we've had two mixed practice games. And in both of them, I am happy to announce that I was able to gain the chip lead at one point during those <laughs> tournaments. And I am also sad to announce that I was unable to cash either of
0: them so you've been you've been playing out of uh randy smith's uh playbook he's the buddy uh ricky bobby award winner from last year i think first or last that you gotta gotta go out in a blaze of glory if you're not gonna get up to the top good for you that is a more fun i mean that is the most fun way to play right (laughs) <laughs> um, Chris, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what you're getting up to? Not only are you sort of looking at ways to restructure the website and how we kind of present some of our information uh, to our members, but you're also curating these monthly themes now. So yeah. t- tell us about that a little.
1: So, yeah, because uh, we did a big member survey and pretty much, you know, people kind of told us that they like Rick Poker. Rick Poker is great. Um, but one of the things that kind of came across is like the thing that they would love to see improved or the most you know, the, the biggest thing that we could do to improve rec Poker is just just to make our content a little bit more organized. So we're working on that. We've got a plan in place. It'll take a little while to get it all sort of uh, But over the course of this spring, you'll start to see some changes on the website, some ways that we reorganize, uh, how you find things, how you connect with things that we do, make them a little more easy to figure out. And then the the other piece that we're doing along with that is we're really starting to try to think of um, each of our monthly, we've been doing these seminars for a while, uh, but each of these monthly seminars are going to now start to be focused around a topic or a theme. And really the the hope with that is that it helps drive a whole community conversation around that topic for a month. We're going to align the recorded member seminar, um, a Q&A that we're going to do with members. We're going to have Gareth James join us to do some stuff. We're going to have some learning with partners pieces that will align with it. So so if it's anything from like playing the big blind to um, our, our next one is going to be, as we talked about today, sort of ICM and final table approaching. And then our 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 topic in May is going to be really around um, range construction and what that means for bet sizing post flop, uh, kind of like the pre and post flop and how they work together. Um, and so we're gonna be talking through that as well. And I think um, those the, I'm really excited about it because I think it's it's a way that we've always envisioned rec poker as this sort of like place where we come together to learn in community. And this helps maybe organize that a little bit more and give us. You know, a piece of the apple to bite off together. Um, so it should be—it should be kind of fun to see how it how it
0: plays out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great complement to all the independent study that we have here cuz everyone on the wrecking crew has their own different kinds of study group, whether it's uh, Kim with our Kim with uh, her hand history reviews, Tim with DTO study, Keith with advanced poker training, Eric with his play explain and learn, I do my own study groups with PT4, and Rob's
1: book study.
0: Rob's book study, which we're going to be talking about next. Um, there's all these sort of like independent ways to study different things uh, with people in their areas of expertise. Um, And so this is going to be a great complement to that, where it's just, uh, we're focusing on one theme for the month and Chris is going to kind of hold your hand and take you through it a little. And uh, then we can all just be thinking about that same thing as we go through the month. Uh, So I am really looking forward to that. I think that's, that's going to be a great Mm -hmm. idea. Uh, Speaking of book studies, Rob, we are currently we've, we've buried uh, the modern poker theory and we are on to Jonathan Little's uh, beating small stakes tournaments. Am am I getting that right?
2: Strategies for beating small stake tournaments. Nice. I think this is a, I think anybody in that plays recreationally can take advantage of this book. It doesn't get into a lot of the deep strategies that, you know, GTO strategies, this and, and, uh, range construction, that and whatnot, but it really talks about, understanding the players that you're playing against Mm. when you're in your local casino in a live setting. This is really what this book is all about. Paying attention to what they do, understanding uh, what their motivations are, how they play, and then exploiting that, uh, those tendencies that they have. So I think it's, it's really, uh, it's really a, I mean, I like it. I've, I've read it. I, I read it the first time, probably when it first came out, you know, probably six, seven years ago. Um, the concepts in it don't, don't age. I mean, it the, the players that you're playing against have these tendencies mm. they did then they still do today. So it's, it's, it's really a, a, I think it's really, it's a fun book. It's a fun discussion too, because we can, We can exchange uh, ideas about players that we've actually played against. You know, um, you say, oh, yeah, there was a player at my table that was doing this, this, this. And this is this is the exploit I used. And I should have done this maybe, but I did this. And and it's really there's a lot of really good, fun conversation. That's awesome. First and third Wednesdays of every month. Uh, this book is a quick one. We've only we've had the first session. Uh the second session will be the first Wednesday of April. Um this Sixth, one probably yeah. yeah, this one will probably be over uh by the end of April, maybe <laughs> beginning of May. So another yeah, so- another item is to watch Twitter because I've been putting some polls out there. We're gonna try to uh whittle the number of potential books down to a uh, uh, 16.
0: A and very manageable whittle. 16. We're gonna whittle it down to 16. sixteen.
2: Well, then we can do uh you know polls of four four and you know do like a like a Marek Madness. Yes. And bring it down to bring it down to a two finalists and, and figure out where we're gonna go from there. So look for that on Twitter. Um and I, I think I tagged at rec poker, obviously. Um so look for that. And people have been voting already. I put I put some out there. Um, where we're trying to, we have a number of books by the same authors. So I want to just put one of those into the mix. So I've put some polls out there for the different books by the same author to try to narrow it down for each author, just have one from each author. So go and look for those and give me a holler. We're going to do that for this week. And then uh, next week, we'll start our our main whittle down from 16 down to the main candidate. So
0: there you go. Yeah. So go check that out. At Rapman50 uh, on Twitter, even though he doesn't look a day over 49, he swears that's what what it is. He's 50. Um, that's
2: how old that Twitter handle is. <laughs> actually, the the name is actually I named that name when I was 50 years old. Ah, wow, so that's that's, that's three years, years old. Years. That's 18 <laughs> that's eighteen years ago when I first got into online poker.
0: Wow. So, so, your online poker career could vote right now. Uh,
2: just, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Go check that out at Rob at Radman 50. Um, check out some of his uh, polls vote for the book that you'd like to do next. And we'll probably get started in May. Um, but this book that we're looking at right now, you can join on April 6th and April 20th. And it's a free download, isn't it, uh, Rob? If you go to, is it pokercoaching.com that people can go to to find yeah. it?
2: Pokercoaching.com. It's a John, written by Jonathan Little. Um, he has it available to anybody on his website. It's free. So um, take advantage. I mean, it's like I say, it's a it's a quick read. Um, and even if you missed the first episode, you know, you can go back and Watch it because we'll have it in our uh, book study group online. Mm-hmm. And and it's really, I don't, it doesn't, you don't have to be at every single one. You don't have, you know, you can still take advantage of each and every one almost as an individual event.
0: Yeah, right on. I, I found the book study to be really helpful. Just being able to talk about some of these concepts with other people while I'm exploring it myself. I um, just wish I'd done more of that earlier in my poker career instead of trying to just do it all by myself. But uh, we all learn eventually, I guess. Well, or or we don't. I did. <laughs> so hopefully, if you're listening, hopefully it's not too late for you. Come find a friend, uh, find some people to talk to about poker with, and uh, you, you'll 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 be rewarded. Um, I, I have no doubt. Well, any other thoughts, uh, folks? Any other ideas? Any other pleas? I get seeing a bunch of no's, a bunch of smiling, shaking faces. So then I guess I'm just going to thank our uh, our sponsors at uh, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and, of course, Website Amp. And I'd like to thank Rob, Martha, Chris, and John for joining me here, and Sky Matsuhashi, of course, and Steve Fredlin for putting this whole thing together, and you, the listeners. So we'll talk again soon, I hope. Real soon.